0: Thanks be to God. Please join me in prayer. Gracious God, we thank you and praise you today as we do every Sunday and every day for the ways that you continue to speak words of life to us, for the ways that you try to fill us with wisdom. Help us to listen. Help us to grow today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O oh Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Amen. Well, welcome back to this uh, sermon series on wisdom in the book of Proverbs and Ecclesiastes. We've arrived at Act 2 of our program, Act 2. Now we're in Proverbs chapter 3, perhaps the most quoted chapter of the whole book. Proverbs 31 also gets read a lot at funerals, too. The Ode to the Valiant Woman at the end of the book, if you've read that one. But if you... Uh, notice a quote from Proverbs in embroidery or printed in flowery font somewhere. It's likely to be Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, which I once memorized as, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make your paths straight. It's a beautiful verse and a wonderful piece of instruction to keep in mind, especially when in discernment, when the future may seem uncertain. There are times when we feel lonely or lost or afraid and the Holy Spirit can bring back to mind these words of Proverbs, these words of assurance to us. Trust in the Lord and everything will work out. It will be okay. We may not understand everything that's going on. We may not know which way to go, but God does and God leads us. Our God is trustworthy. The good shepherd will direct our paths. I love this affirmation. But without a bit of reflection, it can also become problematic sometimes. So like last week, I want to dive into this one specific proverb a little more deeply. Last week, we thought about fear of the Lord. This week, the overarching theme is trust. And this verse is another command that similarly echoed throughout all of Scripture. The ancient Israelites were continually being told to trust in God, trust the Lord to rescue them, to fight their battles for them, to feed them in the wilderness. The commandments about idols were also related to this trust. The people of God have always been instructed not to trust in wealth or military prowess or deities made of stone, but instead trust in the Lord alone. Trust in Yahweh, the source of breath, the creator of the universe. Since trust and love are closely connected, we are then also instructed to love. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and self and strength. Jesus said similarly we should do this one thing. Seek first God's kingdom and everything else will work out. That's also the emphasis of this proverb But then the second part, uh, leaning not on our own understanding, that's where it gets a bit tricky. Because don't we all also want to understand? Don't we want to know where we're going or why we're going through it? And isn't that a good thing? Isn't that kind of the point of the book of Proverbs, to grow in knowledge and understanding for the sake of wisdom? This part sometimes comes across as contradictory. And I've noticed that this verse in particular is popular among Christians who are sometimes skeptical of rational or scientific inquiry, which I think is unfortunate. For some folks, lean not on your own understanding or intellect becomes an excuse to check their brains at the door. For instance, I've, I've heard some people claim that they don't interpret Scripture because they believe that trusting God means taking every line literally and at face value, as in, God said it, I believe it, that settles it. But then others of us who have read St. Paul's instruction to be transformed through the renewing of our minds, we know that there's more to the story. There's simply no way to read Scripture without interpretation or understanding of some sort. Since there are translation translation issues, any way you look at it. For instance, in this particular verse, is it lean not on your own understanding? Or on your own intellect? Or on your own knowledge? The original Hebrew word is ambiguous, even though these things are very different. It can mean any of these things. And yet, however it's translated, the point was simply not to rely on these things alone, but rather to trust God in guiding our use of them, in guiding our understanding. To trust the Lord to help us to figure things out, maybe in God's timing rather than ours. Jesus clearly thought about this quite a bit. We can see in the Gospels that he had his own interpretation too. Like with the Shema, the great statement of faith that I mentioned a couple minutes ago. here, O Israel, the Lord your God is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and self and strength. If that sounds different from what you remember, it might be because Jesus quoted it differently too. He included the mind as we would and should. Jesus changed it to say, love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and strength and your mind. The point is to love and trust God with everything we have, our everythingness, for this is the path to life. And when we include our minds in our devotion, this leads to better discernment towards the path that God would have us choose. Hence the second part of the proverb. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge God, and God shall make your paths straight. Well, it turns out that this translation can be tricky also, or at least I realize that the way I memorized it long ago might not be super helpful, because it turns out that the Hebrew word for acknowledge God is actually literally about knowing God, which is slightly different. For instance, I I can acknowledge God by casually saying, God willing, or thank God. If I win a sporting event or an academy award, I could acknowledge God in my acceptance speech, saying, I give glory and praise to God for giving me this victory. But that's not what Proverbs is talking about. Unfortunately, that kind of acknowledgement is just a form of lip service. If we really want God to direct our paths, then what Proverbs is saying is that we have to actually know God. As in, be still and know that I am God. We have to practice being mindful of God in all of our ways. That's the point. So perhaps another better translation would be that we should seek to know God's mind in all things to to know God more fully even as we have already been fully known this says the book of proverbs is the path to life the way of true wisdom we can put together all the pithy sayings and good advice we want but without knowledge of God it's all useless perhaps because our ways are not God's ways Our wisdom is not necessarily God's wisdom, and so we have to seek knowledge of God. And thank God that we have been shown the way even more clearly in Christ Jesus, who came to earth that we might know God face to face. Jesus, who Himself studied these very same Proverbs from a young age, who also discerned the mind of God in all things, Jesus, who showed us the way of wisdom by actually living it, whose wisdom was born of righteousness, by trusting God at all times in all things, leaning on God rather than His own strength or will or personal understanding. Christ Jesus showed us what it's like to trust God to the very end, even in death. And for this, He was raised up, as the firstborn of a new creation, and as the pinnacle of all wisdom. Christ's Spirit was then poured out on all of us, all of those who try to place their faithful trust in God. And this Spirit is with us still today, helping us also to know God in all things, to be transformed by the renewing of our minds, so that we too would be equipped to pursue the good and straight path And that leads me to that last line. By God's grace, we can even come to appreciate the ways that God makes our paths straight, which is another image worthy of critical reflection, because the straight path, is it always the best one? I'm not so sure. Here's an example to close out, also somewhat of a metaphor. The other week I went on a long hike in the Cascade Mountains about 20 miles through beautiful pristine wilderness. I'd been told ahead of time that the the difficult part of this hike, this path, wasn't so much the first half where you go up the mountain, but it's more towards the end when you're simply very tired and it's hard to go on. Well, sure enough, as my hiking buddy Tim and I rounded a bend in the last hour or so, we could we could see the parking lot in the distance, and all we wanted was to be done. Uh, it was 95 degrees, there wasn't much shade, we'd been hiking for over 10 hours. Tim kept talking about all he... all He couldn't wait to get to town and have a nice dinner, in an air-conditioned restaurant, maybe a beer. But the parking lot was still way down the mountain and across a river. I tried to manage Tim's expectations. I said, you know, it's gonna be a while. Uh, I doubt that trail goes straight down to that parking lot. We'll have to wind our way, and that's when the switchback started. back and forth, back and forth. Then I started to get impatient. The trail was taking us way to the right when even though the parking lot was clearly to the left, and I complained to Tim, I said, "You know, the, the way up was so direct. Why can't it be more direct?" On the way back to the car, we're so close. But then seeing the loose rocks and being tired, being so tired, we realized if that trail was any straighter, we would surely fall and die. So we agreed it was probably better to have to take a winding, longer path in order to get to the get to the car in one piece. And this was confirmed when a few minutes later a woman passed us running and she kind of tripped and almost took a faceplant. We thought, ha, <laughs> that's why you gotta take your time. She's too eager to get down the mountain. So it was in that stretch in particular, I really appreciated having my friend Tim there to help, help keep me from stumbling. If it hadn't been for him, I might've tried to take a shortcut. I might've slipped. Or I could have been going too fast and taking a tumble. Thank God I didn't lean just on my own understanding. I had a friend to help discern the better way. We helped keep each other on the straight and narrow, so to speak, even though the trail itself was not straight at all. And I notice that's often how it is with other paths in life, too. The best path isn't necessarily the straight one. Sometimes you have to zig and zag to get where God wants you to be. There can be giant boulders in the way, and you have to simply trust God to help you get around them, to keep you on the best route possible. And then in the end, looking back, often I find you realize that the way things ended up, even though it wasn't perfectly direct, was probably still better than some of the alternatives might have felt like a winding road but by the grace of god at least you made it at least you didn't blow a knee and have to get airlifted out and even on those occasions when things do go terribly wrong when the path is blocked or you lose your way thank god that we have the holy spirit's guidance even in the worst of times Praise God that even when there are no others on the trail, still we know we are never alone. For God is forever with us to lead us and to guide us, to help us to find a new path forward, the best possible way to get where we need to be. In these times, especially, we can choose to trust in the Lord with all of our hearts, leaning not just on our own understanding. In all our ways, in every circumstance, we can seek to be mindful of Christ's presence among and within us, assured that God will continue to work all things out for the good in God's good time. This is our hope, our promise, and a proverb worth living by. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Amen.